Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Crap It Sports. I'm Pete Davis, your host for May, what is it? It's May 8th. It's a Wednesday, May 8th, 2019, coming to you live from the, well, not so live, from the Sandy Springs Palatial Studios here in lovely suburban Atlanta, Georgia. Well, it's basically Atlanta, so let's get with it. Got a lot to talk about today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Pete Davis One. That's the number one at Pete Davis One. Or write me uh, Pete Davis One at yahoo.com if you want to weigh in on something you'd like to hear uh, touched on, what subject you'd like to be talked to about. And join in in the conversation. I'll read your letters on the on the air or on the podcast. Can we say on the air anymore? If it's just a podcast. Anyway, it's so hot today in Atlanta that I'm actually doing this from just my shorts. And that is a frightening, frightening thing. So what else we got going on today? Well, Chicago teams, and there's two of them, have two guys bad for baseball named Anderson and Russell. Yep, Tim Anderson has done it again. A uh, tribute to Bobby Cox, which kind of balances out the yin and yang, the good and bad from those first two stories. Uh, Joey, Joey. Do you like men and guys? Anyway, Joey Gallo is in a league of his own. Joey, do you like gladiator movies? Splashdown in Pittsburgh. Uh, Albert Pujols versus Bryce Harper. Max Freed nearly fried last night. Another no-hitter for Fires. Batgirls. Pro or con? I'm pro. Grand Slam record. Okay or not okay sign. Another... Uh, Let's say disturbing story out of Chicago. The Marlins hate dogs. Sad news in Philly. And, of course, this date in baseball history, May 8th, 2019. So let's get to it. Uh, The other podcast, I was talking about Tim Anderson of the White Sox, and he's done it again. It seems to be, I don't know, a media barrage to try and make him to smooth out the rough edges around Tim Anderson, maybe make excuses for him. There's no excuses for this guy. You know, he's the one who put out that uh, melee inciting bat flip three weeks ago. He was on ESPN's Dan Lebetard show, which is a really great show, and he says he's just trying to draw fans by having fun and isn't worried about how other teams react to him. Okay, I got no problem with that. But he says, I like to go out and play with a lot of passion because that's fun, and I think that draws attention to the fans and the kids. You know, the kids love it. I'm on deck now. I get from fans, hey, do the bat flip. So it's cool stuff, and it's all fun stuff. Nothing to disrespect anybody, but I think it's part of the game, or it should be. That's his quote about it. Anderson also said uh, if he broke some unwritten rule, he was unaware of it. I don't really know the rules. There's not any for me, or he's special, you know. I can't call them dumb because I don't have any. Nobody really came to me and said these are the rules. That's why they're the unwritten rules. Uh, So I really don't know where they are. I know a lot of people... It's a generational thing, I think, about people who like the unwritten rules and don't like the unwritten rules. All I know is uh, Nolan Ryan or Bob Gibson would have one in this guy's ear hole by now. Uh, He recently told Sports Illustrated, I kind of feel like today's Jackie Robinson. Well, he's kind of backtracking on that right now, saying he was just joking when he said that. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. He goes, I don't think I really have to explain anything to the people that don't understand me. Oh, that's good. That's what we need is someone in baseball uh, basically being a malcontent and uh, not wanting to talk about it. Well, the reason I say that because here he's talking out both sides of his mouth. Anderson was named the American League Player of the Month for April. Get this. Says he doesn't follow baseball. 
He wasn't even aware that Oakland's Mike Fires pitched a no-hitter last night, Tuesday night. Here's his quote. I'm not really logged into the baseball world. I try to stay away from it. You know, I play the game. That's about it. I leave it at that. And then he laughed. Man, it's a boring sport. End quote. Man, it's a boring sport. Tim Anderson claims to want to bring more people to the game, but in the next breath, he shits all over it. Tim Anderson's is just a piece of crap. This guy is not what baseball needs. Sure, we need young, exciting players, but do you hear the other exciting players coming up, the Juan Sotos, the Ronald Acuna Jr., saying hey, they don't love baseball, they don't pay attention to it, and that it's boring? You really want one of your coming-out stars in, in the second or third biggest market in baseball to be screaming, uh, this game is boring, and he said it more than once. This guy really needs a talking to from a veteran on the White Sox. Do they have any? Because Jose Abreu maybe agrees with him. I don't know. Can somebody sit this guy down and say, uh, maybe you should tone this down that the game is boring. We're trying to get people to listen and to pay attention. I don't know. Maybe he's got something to do with the White Sox uh, broadcasters on radio. I got to tell you, <laughs> Major League Baseball attendance is down again, by the way. And it's not like last year when there was like blizzards going on even in Chicago and Denver and in other places and everything was cold. It's been miserable in New York City. But overall, the last first month of the season has been pretty good, especially compared to last year. Guess what? Attendance is down again. You watch the games on ESPN and MLB Network and the other uh, networks on there, Yes Network, and you look and there's empty seats everywhere. Half the stadium, half the ballparks are empty. And I think some of it has to do with maybe the attitude of a Tim Anderson and some other players, but some of it has to do with the announcers in radio. And believe me, I'm not ready to get rid of all the, the, the old guys because I, I still think uh, Bob Euchre from Milwaukee does a great job. I think Mike Shannon, and I used to not like Mike Shannon, but I've grown to like him now. I think he does a great job for the Cardinals. But you're listening to this Bob Walker, the Pirates, holy cow. I would, I would never pay attention to another baseball game in my life if I tuned into Bob Walt calling a game for the Pirates or these two uh, dim bulbs for the White Sox. They sound like an old married couple just bitching each other the whole, the whole time. The whole time, they just sit there, pick on each other, and they want to find little things, little mistakes the other one makes, and then they dwell on it for four or five innings. It's unlistenable, the White Sox guys are. And there's other ones going around out there, but those are the two ones that jumped out to me. And, of course, there's always, you know, the guy in uh, Cleveland who screams for every pop-up like it's a home run or a grand slam. You know who I'm talking about. And I can tell you what, the Rockies guys are kind of like uh, younger versions of the White Sox guys. Not big fans of them either. Anyway, well, I got off on a tangent there. The other big story I want to talk to you of a bad guy in Chicago plays for the Cubs. And maybe he's turned it around. We're just going to have to wait and see. The Cubs have recalled Addison Russell. Remember him? He's going to start at second base and bat eighth tonight against the Marlins. It's By the way, it's uh, May 8th on a Wednesday. Uh, it'll be his first game since September 19th of last year. The 25-year-old Russell was suspended 40 games then for violating the league's domestic abuse policy after an investigation into allegations of emotional, verbal, and physical abuse made by his ex-wife. At 130 games last season, Russell hit 250 with 51 runs scored and uh, 38 RBIs. This guy was going to be the Cubs sh- shortstop for a decade when he came over from Oakland. Guess what? 
Not anymore. Russell played 12 games at AAA Iowa this year before he's been called up. Hit just 222 with three homers and 13 RBIs. The Cubs say they're monitoring Russell's mandated counseling and are calling his return to the Cubs a conditional second chance. May not be a third chance for this guy. The move comes as Ben Zobrist takes an indefinite leave of absence for personal reasons. Before I want to get to the good, a good story here, let's uh, get a speaking of the Cubs. Let's do a good cold Budweiser. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, it's water, but I'm going to claim it's Budweiser. You may remember Jesse Barfield. Played for the Toronto Blue Jays. Pretty good player in his time. Played under Bobby Cox. Well, the former Braves and Blue Jays manager is still recovering from his stroke and said to be doing much better. The last I heard, he was walking with a cane, still having trouble talking, but they expect him to make a recovery from that as well. Well, Jesse Barfield uh, put out something. I think it was on Twitter and said, People know how much the Blue Jays mean to me and my family, but I want to take a moment to share one of my Bobby Cox stories with everyone and let you know how I feel about him. Here's this story. It was September 1985. We were in the middle of a pennant race, and things were heating up. I was in a little slump, and it was the wrong time for that to happen, so I was walking to the video room. Yeah, they had them back then. And Bobby Cox was walking out of his office and asked me how I was doing. And I said, I don't feel good at the plate right now, so I'm going to the video room to take a look at what I'm doing wrong. And what he said to me not only changed my season, it changed my life. Bobby Cox put both hands on my shoulders, looked me straight in the eyes, and said, Why don't you go into the video room and put in your good tape and look at what you do right? This will change your mindset and you'll come out of it. We didn't, or we didn't skip infield and outfield practice back in those days with Toronto, but Bobby told me, or he calls him Coxie, told me that day to skip it and go study my tape. And he told me what well, he told me just to make sure your game is loose or your arm is loose before the game. I smiled and said, yes, sir. I spent a half hour visually reinforcing good hitting mechanics in my mind, and sure enough, it worked. I saw myself playing in that uh, mostly slider coming down in the way and, and driving it to the opposite field, and I began to refuel my confidence and went on to finish strong and did my part in helping us win the first division title in Blue Jays franchise history. Bobby Cox is more than just an amazing manager. He knows how to manage people. He knows how to get the best out of each and every one of us, and for that, I am forever grateful. Jesse Barfield, a nice story about Bobby Cox. We need more nice stories after reading about Anderson Russell and Tim, or Addison Russell and Tim Anderson. Anyway, Sarah Langs at Slangs on Sports has a really good article out right now on MLB.com about there's never been a slugger like Joey Gallo. And I've always said from the time I first saw him come up with the Rangers, he is the left-handed Dave Kingman. And uh, Gallo, frequently compared to the sluggers known for home runs, strikeouts, and walks, the, oh, the beloved three outcomes of MLB Network, such as, you know, Adam Dunn, Rob Deere, and Chris Davis. Well, Gallo is now on his own level. In fact, when Gallo hit his 100th career home run today against the Pirates, he became just the first player in Major League history to reach 100 home runs before he got to 100 singles. That's according to Elias Sports Bureau. Bureau. 
I'm hard time speaking today. Maybe I had a couple of Bud Lights before I came in here. Gallo has 93 career singles, by far the fewest of any player at the time of his 100th career home run. No player had ever reached 100 home runs before 100 singles. None had even fewer than 172 singles at the time of his 100th career home run. In fact, that player, Russell Brannion, remember him, the old Milwaukee player? had 172. Uh, Ryan Howard is fourth on that list with 176. And Dave Kingman, the aforementioned one, Kong, at 180. Gallo got to 50 homers also before he got to 50 singles too. He reached 100 home runs in just the third fewest games in Major League history. Okay, here are the fewest career games to 100 home runs. Number one, Ryan Howard again with just 325 games to hit 100. Ralph Kiner. 376, Joey Gallo at 377. Then you have a tie between Chuck Klein and Bob Horner, the old Braves guy, 390 apiece for them. So that's some elite company that uh, Gallo is. Also, Gallo has hit six home runs this season with an exit velocity of 110 mile per hour or more. Second most in the majors behind the Yankees, Gary Sanchez, who's really heated up. Gallo entered today's game hitting 269 on the year, and you're saying, well, what's the big deal with that? Consider this, according to Sarah. Gallo's batting average in his careers, 2015, 204. 2016, 040, but he only played 17 games. 209 in 2017 and just 206 last year. So batting 269, that's pretty good. In fact, this is the first season where Joey Gallo has had a batting average above 250 through 15 or more games played in a season. And he's not just uh, hitting well there. He's walking in 19.8% of his plate appearances. The only batter who's walking more frequently than Joey Gallo is Mike Trout at 23% of his appearances so far. Speaking of Pittsburgh and home runs today, Pirates first baseman Josh Bell joined a rather exclusive company by blasting a two-run homer into the Allegheny River. Uh, by the way, the Pirates lost to Texas 9-6. to Facing Rangers starter Shelby Miller with one out in the fourth inning. Well, that's where Shelby Miller is. Bell launched a 92.9-mile-per-hour fastball over the right field seats directly into the river. In fact, that's exactly what it sounded like, that motorcycle driving by right now. He also, the 472-foot blast, he's just the fourth player in PNC Park history and the third Pirates player to reach the river on the fly. It didn't bounce. Gallo hit one out today, not in right field. He hit it out in right center, but it bounced. I think it hit the river, but it bounced first. As Pirates broadcaster Joe Block uh, described Josh Bell's hit, it was Stargellian after Willie Stargell. Indeed, Pops would have been proud, according to Adam Berry, of Bell's prodigious blast. Let's get into a little statistics here. Some dude named the Fins asked Jason Stark on uh, Twitter, and of course Jason's a great uh, baseball writer, do you know how many times Albert Pujols has struck out twice in a game in comparison to Bryce Harper? So Jason said, sure, what the heck, I got it right here. Pujols, 185 multi-strikeout games in 2,723 games over 19 seasons. Bryce Harper, Already has 241 multi-strikeout games in just 961 games over eight seasons. That's a lot more. That's 15. That's uh, 59. 59 more multi-strikeout games in Albert Pujols in less than half the seasons. Way less than half the seasons. 
Braves left-hander Max Freed exited last night's start against the Dodgers. Got out just in time in the second inning. Took a line drive off his pitching hand, but uh, x-rays came back negative. Good for the Braves. And he's day-to-day with a contusion on his hand. Uh, Freed was born and raised in nearby Santa Monica there, so he uh, didn't have far to go. Or he did. He came all the way from Atlanta. And uh, got out just in time because the Dodgers went on to whip the Braves 9 to nothing. In fact, they go for the sweep tonight. Uh, more Braves news. Kyle Wright uh, will allegedly, according to Mark Bowman of MLB.com, be brought up tonight in L.A. to be in the bullpen to replace, you know, of course, Max Freed uh, not being able to pitch tonight. In fact, several pitchers not being able to pitch tonight. Tomlin, one of them, because of the schlacking they took last night. Well, if you stayed up late this morning like I did... You heard uh, or you saw Mike Fires of the uh, the uh, A's pitch his second no-hitter. In fact, it was so late. I flipped on uh, my phone to the MLB app, at Bat app, which is a great app, and they said all the games were over. Au contraire, they were not. Uh, Fires overcame the early delay last night and managed the high workload to pitch his second no-hitter of his career. Got help from two, and you got to look these up, two spectacular defensive plays from his A's teammates and shut down the Reds 2-0 last night. A bank of lights in left field was only partially lit before the game. They were delayed for 90 minutes. Mm. And the umpires then decided, okay, we got enough light. Then after getting through seven innings with just 109 pitches, Fires was told by manager Bob Melvin that one more base runner and you're out of here. He then breezed through the final two innings following up his 2015 gem for the Astros against the Dodgers. 131-pitch masterpiece became just the 40, 35th pitcher with multiple no-hitters in his career. Fires walked two, struck out six, and ended it by fanning Eugenio Suarez with a big curveball. It was kind of in the dirt. He kind of swung at it. In fact, I was thinking, well, your fastball's got you here. Keep throwing it. But then he threw the curveball, and it worked. Fires is 33 years old. He's now 3-3 three and three this year. He's pretty much a lifetime 500 uh, pitcher. His career record at 57-58. and 58. He had a 6.81 ERA this season. And it's pretty much a journeyman, as some Reds fans were saying on Twitter, lamenting, why do we make every 500 pitcher look like Don Drysdale out there? Uh, by the way, it's the first no-hitter of this season. Didn't come without some tense moments as he was bailed out. Back-to-back great defensive plays in the sixth inning. First, second baseman Jerickson Profar ran a long way to make a diving catch on Cal Farmer's pop-up in a short right field for the second out. You can hear the fans still screaming about it, prompting Fires to throw up his arms in celebration. And then Joey Votto followed with a deep drive that flashy center fielder Ramon Laureano, wow, this guy, this kid's great to watch, reached above the fence and pulled back to rob Votto of a home run. This is the 13th no-hitter in the history of the Athletics franchise. Think about that. The Padres never had one, and the Mets have never had one. And some of you are going, uh-uh, Santana, Johan Santana 3-1. Come on. We all saw the ball hit the foul line and kick up chalk. What that umpire was looking back, we'll never know. Uh, the franchise started in Philadelphia, moved to KC, and then shifted to Oakland. Sean Manea pitched the previous no-hitter for the A's on April 21st, 2018 against the, bed, uh, the Red Sox. I was going to say Bed Sox, that they're playing like they're in bed. And it was Manea who gave Fires the ice bath afterwards. Fires no-hitter with five pitchers currently on MLB rosters have multiple no-hitters now. Justin Verlander, Jake Arrieta, Max Scherzer, Homer Bailey, and Fires. He's the eighth pitcher in MLB history to throw a no-hitter with multiple teams, joining Nolan Ryan, who did it with three teams, Cy Young with two, Randy Johnson with two, Adonis Terry with two, Jim Bunning with two, Ted Breitenstein with two, and Hideo Nomo with a deuce. 
Fire said, I know. I don't like it when you guys are like saying they don't know. I knew when I was out there I was throwing a no-hitter. And, of course, the last one he threw uh, was with the Astros. Time for another drink of a little Bud Budweiser. Before I throw the rest of the six back down at that kid who's outside screaming. Anyway, shut up. I can't do that. They're just out there having fun by the pool, I believe. MLB announced that uh, this year's 30 honorary bat girls for its annual going to bat against breast cancer will pretty much be 30 bat girls. That's right. Each of the 30 major league teams will be represented by a bat girl on Mother's Day. This Sunday, as part of MLB's effort to raise awareness and money for breast cancer research, every 2019 Honorary Batgirl story can be found if you look it up on honorarybatgirl.com. And this Sunday, players around the major leagues will once again use pink bats and wear pink wristbands, which they've been doing since 2006 as part of the uh, going to bat against breast cancer. They're also going to wear specially designed pink and team color hats. Uniforms will display the symbolic pink breast cancer ribbon and MLB breast cancer awareness logo. As someone whose mother beat cancer, breast cancer twice, that's pretty special. I like that. So uh, Alliance Sports, I believe, put this out. If they didn't, apologize to whoever did it on Twitter. There have been 10 grand slams hit over the last three days. That's the most over that stretch of time in MLB history. To which someone wrote back, there's, of course, two smart asses. There have also been 2,319 strikeouts the last three days. To which someone pointed out over that. Yeah, 20% of those by the Kansas City Royals. Obviously a disgruntled Royals fan. Uh, another bad story coming out of Chicago, who seems to be full of it so far. The Cubs are trying to find and possibly ban for life a fan who flashed a hand signal, sometimes associated with white power. During Tuesday night's broadcast of the Cubs-Marlins game, see, someone's very upset about it, a fan flashed a hand sign that looks like an upside-down OK gesture. In recent years, the hand sign has been used by white supremacist groups, but the symbol obviously has another non-hateful meaning, and the Anti-Defamation League, Anti-Defamation League warns that people have been falsely branded as racist for using it without racist intent, according to TMZ. By the way, who does the OK symbol upside down? Please, every, every time you give the OK symbol, your, your fingers are ra- raised above the O, Right. This particular incident went down the bottom of the third inning. The telecast cut to commentator Doug Glanville, and the fan made sure to make the sign viewable for the camera. He was trying to do it. Had a Cubs uh, jersey on as well. Uh, The Marlins seem to hate dogs. A Marlins executive reportedly had a rough time with the use of dogs in the clubhouse at one of their franchise's affiliates. Gary Denbo is his name. He's the Marlins VP of Player Development and Scouting. He left the Yankees when Derek Jeter became co-owner of the Fish. He has ordered the single-A Greensboro Grasshoppers to remove dogs from their clubhouse. The blow-up led the two teams severing ties. The Grasshoppers are now the single-A affiliate for the Pirates. The Marlins have a new single-A affiliate based in Iowa. There must have been only one guy in all of minor league baseball who doesn't like dogs, says Greensboro's president and GM Donald Moore. (laughs) Dimbo defended himself to The Athletic, saying reporters are barking up the wrong tree, saying the problem with dogs stemmed from where the dogs' kennels were in relation to where the players were eating their food. Moore, however, said the dogs were only in the clubhouse when the players were on the field, and that Dimbo never had mentioned that issue during his original outburst. He just don't like dogs, I guess. 
Sad news out of Philadelphia as Philly's chairman David Montgomery has died at the age of 72 from cancer. He had surgery in 2014 for jawbone cancer. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred said in a statement that he never forgot his days, uh, Montgomery did, as a fan at Connie Mack Stadium. He carried those lessons to Veterans Stadium and Citizens Bank Park. Montgomery began his career with the team in 1971, working in the ticket office and helping to run the scoreboard. He soon became the marketing director and then director of sales. Now, here's the question. Should I go outside and throw something down at these brats or just go out there and just scream obscenities at them until their parents do something about it? Or should I just ignore it? I'm going to take the high road here. But before I do so, I'm going to drink another Bud Light. By the way, you can still hear us. Uh, the Kimmer Show is still going on, and maybe we're going on. It looks maybe until July we're, we're being heard. They sold the station out from under us. You can hear me on the Kimmer Show from three to six uh, every afternoon, Monday through Friday, Talk one hundred six point seven FM Atlanta, and uh, that caused that person to scream. Anyway, we're still on the air, and I do sports between 5.10 p.m. and 5.25 if you want to hear that. Now it's time for Today in Baseball History for May 8th, starting in 1926. A three-alarm blaze burned down Fenway's grandstand roof and left-field bleachers. The Red Sox, who were desperately in need of cash, used most of the insurance proceeds to pay for operations, leaving a vacant lot where the bleachers once stood. And, of course, in the next decade, in the 1930s, up sprang the Green Monster. They used to have ads on it, and then they painted it all green. 1961, on this date, the New York Metropolitan Baseball Club, Inc., announced that the New York National League franchise's team nickname will be the Mets. Other names considered included the Avengers. Can you believe that? The Burroughs, and that's spelled B-U-R-R-O-S, even though it was a play on the word Burroughs for the five Burroughs. The Continentals as Christopher Walken used to say, or stay in, on Saturday Night Live. The Islanders, which later became their hockey team there on the island. The Jets, which later became the football team. The Rebels, the New York City Rebels. Yeah, that would have worked. The Skyliners and the Meadowlarks. By the way, the first choice of owner, Joan Payson, was the Meadowlarks. On this day in 1966, Orioles outfitter Frank Robinson became the first and only player to hit a home run completely out of Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. The 451-foot wind-assisted blast, which cleared the 50 rows in the left-field seats near a foul pole and then rolled to a stop 540 feet from home plate, came off a fastball thrown by Indian starter Louis Tiant, who hadn't given up an earned run the whole season. Now, of course, a lot of people know Frank Robinson, the trailblazer, as the first African-American manager in baseball. But... That's not entirely true. I'll tell you about that in a second. On this day, also in 1966, the last game is played at Bush Stadium, the old Bush, known for most of its existence in St. Louis as Sportsman's Park. The 64-year-old ballpark served as the home field for the American League's Browns until they moved to Baltimore in 54, also home for the Cardinals from 1920 until 1966, and their last game there, a loss to the Giants of San Francisco. On the state, 1968, Catfish Hunter hurled the first AL perfect game in 46 years when the Athletics defeat the usually heavy-hitting Twins 4-0 in front of just 6,000 fans in Oakland. The last junior circuit hurler to retire 27 consecutive batters in a regular season game was White Sox right-hander Charlie Robertson, who accomplished the feat against Detroit back in 1922. And, of course, just one day before yesterday on this date, uh, Mike Fires 
pitched another no-hitter for the A's. This date, 1971, Willie Mays was 634 and Hank Aaron was 604. Both hit round trippers in the Braves' 5-2 win over the Giants at Candlestick Park. It was the first time in baseball history two players with 600 career home runs go deep in the same game. On this day in 1973, Ralph Miller, the last player to play ball in the 1800s. 19th century, died in Cincinnati at 100 years of age. The right-hander compiled a 5-17 and record, appeared in 29 National League games for the 1898 Bridegrooms of Brooklyn and the 1899 Orioles of Baltimore. On this day, also in 73, on a rainy night at Shea Stadium, the seventh-inning line drive off the bat of Atlanta's Marty Perez struck John Matlack's forehead so hard the ball ricocheted into the Mets' dugout. Fortunately, the 23-year-old Southpaw sustained only a hairline fracture of his skull. People's heads were harder back then, especially Mets, and will return to the mound just 11 days later to blank the Bucks for six innings at Pittsburgh. By the way, the middle name of John Matlack was Trump Boer. Trump, as in our president, and B-O-U-R, as in the ball player. Trump Boer. I have never heard that name ever before today. Also on this day, 1973, here's what I was telling you about Frank Robinson. Ernie Banks took Whitey Lockman's place for the last few innings of a Cubs 12-inning victory over the Padres after the Cubs skipper was ejected in the 11th inning of the Jack Murphy Stadium contest in San Diego, therefore making Ernie Banks technically the first black man to manage a major league team. On this day in 1979, Ranger right-hander Ed Farmer, a one-man wrecking crew, his fifth inning pitch fractured Al Cowan's jaw, causing the outfielder to miss 21 games. In the first inning of the Arlington Stadium contest, the Texas starter also hit the leadoff batter Frank White with a pitch that will keep the Kansas City second baseman off the shelf or on the shelf for 33 games with a broken wrist. Man, that would have caused a melee today. And finally, on this date, 1997, May 8th, at the age of 20, Ryan Jaronchik, the Mets' first-round draft pick back in 1995, retired from baseball, saying he finds the game boring. Hmm. You should look up Tim Anderson, the healthy, hardworking, introspective athlete uh, from Orange Glen High School in Escondido, California, which is just north of San Diego, helped the team and who the team had hoped to be their shortstop of the future, left the Mets franchise after receiving an $850,000 signing bonus. By the way, the club did not ask their former player to return. They thought at some point he would come back, and he did a few years later. He tried to come back and didn't do very well in the minor leagues. One of the reasons that Ryan Jaronchik decided to quit the immorality in baseball in the minor leagues. He said there was too much partying, too much drinking, too much fornication. And the the very um, religious player decided to hang it up. That's kind of a rare sight. Anyway, okay, it's time to hang it up for me because I'm about to go outside and kill some kids. Just kidding. In case something bad happens, I'm just kidding. Um... (laughs) This is another episode of Holy Crap in Sports. I think it's number 15. If I'm looking, no, no, it's number 16. Oh, excellent. I love the number 16. Anyway, everybody have a lovely night. Uh, Drink up, Shriners.